This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to another episode of Short Shifts, brought to you by Keeping Carlson. My name is Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing just fine. Uh, happy to still be employed, unlike some of our uh, coaches who were employed yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we may see some more going tomorrow. Who knows the way things are happening? Uh, Ottawa just seems to be driving people out the door right now. I thought you were about to get political on me there, talking about employment, but uh, I'm glad that you stayed away from it. Uh, yeah, Ottawa is on a tear. They're the coach killers in Ottawa. First, they, uh, you know, they, I guess they didn't kill Sheldon Keefe, but uh, they seem to have destroyed the the Maple Leafs somewhat for two games, and and now they're giving Montreal, or then they were giving Montreal fits. Now they're giving Calgary fits. Up five one tonight. Um, of course, we are welcoming you for Short Shifts. This is our twice-weekly check-in show between the ginormous Sunday evening episodes of Keeping Carlson. Tweet at us, at Short Shifts KK, if, if there's a player that we don't talk about that you'd like to hear from. Or you can head to keepingcarlson.com slash patron to chat with Brian, Elon, Lewis, myself, and all of the wonderful patrons of Keeping Carlson. Lewis, we have a packed show, so let's get into it. First, we've alluded to it already, Claude Julien out in Montreal. Dominique Ducharme, interim head coach. He was an assistant with Montreal prior to this. All we really know so far, the Habs do have a 2-0 lead in his first game as the head coach. Um, he shuffled the lines a bit. He reunited the Tatar Dano Gallagher line that's been kind of a fixture of the Habs for the last year and a half. He reunited Druan, Suzuki, and Anderson, or I guess that wasn't a reunited a reunion. They've been playing together all year. But then he put Corey Perry on the third line with Tyler Toffoli and Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Lewis, do you have any takes on this firing already? Is it too soon? Like to me, I I struggle to know really what to say. This is this is the sort of head coaching change where there's not an immediate like, oh, this guy's stock is just shot right up. Sure. You know, I think one thing that we might see uh, potentially is the end of this kind of top nine that's all been very even that they've been running in Montreal. I think it is an opportunity for uh, one of those lines to kind of assert themselves as that dominant top line uh, and start to maybe get some more minutes. We know Julianne was, um, you know, to almost the point of obsession, it seemed like keeping those lines fairly even uh, in terms of their deployment. So, you know, that might mean I, I would imagine that whoever ends up as, you know, that first line is going to see a minute boost and that'll be helpful, obviously, for their count or their rate stats uh, and hopefully for some scoring too. Second line will remain more or less unchanged. Third line will see some reduction in time, you know, if I'm just guessing here. Uh, but, you know, 
the thing that we really want to see from Montreal is to see that offense start to improve. Or, um, it's not offense, the defense that's the problem. Do um, you think? Well, I think it's the power play. That's my main issue with Montreal. I think if they were, if they had a competent power play, that would be a team who, you know, they would, they might be able to live up to the, some of the hype that they were getting in the first ten games of the year. Yeah, I wonder if it's the lack of like a true superstar kind of talent up on the top power play. Like they have lots of players who would fit well onto a top power play and can play nicely. But, you know, look at what Line has done to the power play in Columbus when they were sort of in a similar situation where they just kind of needed that, you know, one person to, to blast away. And Gallagher certainly is never unwilling to shoot. Um, but, you know, he hasn't been putting up the kind of numbers that you would hope to see um, out of that sort of top power play person. So I wonder if that is a problem that they can solve internally, you know, just by shaking things up or moving pieces around. Yeah, I think the issue with Gallagher is that he is he's a shot machine, but he just obviously really struggles to finish. He shoots a ton from up close. He's always towards the top of the expected goals list. Kind of reminds me of Brady Kachuk, this guy who we've gotten used to seeing, you know, under under uh underachieve relative to his expected goals numbers. But to me, I think the main issue with Montreal is just that the uh, at even strength, there is no superstar to kind of give those Austin Matthews minutes to, you know? So I actually don't really have a problem with Montreal rolling their top three lines from a hockey perspective. From a fantasy hockey perspective, I just like to see them give, you know, to to make somebody into a superstar. Like, I'd love it for Nick Suzuki to be the 20 minutes a night, like 65, 70-point guy. But uh, right now, it doesn't seem like he, maybe he is going to hit that that height that we thought he would earlier this year. I think more interestingly though, or something that I'm watching as closely is in nets where Carey Price has been clearly outdueled by Jake Allen so far this year. And at this point, you know, Claude Julian goes, you can't think that Mark Bergevin continues to get a pass. Like if, if this season continues to go off the rails, I wonder if there's a, just a little bit of pressure for Ducharme and for Bergevin to, play jake allen more like i'm i don't see why you wouldn't yeah that'll be certainly interesting to keep an eye on and you know we're, we're speculating here so it's a wait and see situation like it so often is when we see these changes we've got a little bit of data points here i think this is the kind of thing that we can revisit when we have a better sense of uh what's to come all right lewis let's move into the injuries and outries section of our show First of all, this one was not something we planned to talk about coming into the evening, but uh, Buffalo announced five minutes after rosters locked that Jack Eichel would be out. And then after the first period, Linus Olmark left the game. Olmark, we seem to believe is, uh, or it it appeared to have been a groin injury, and and it's hard to predict without further information how long he'll be out. Uh, Eichel, we still don't really know, though. Buffalo said a lower body injury, but definitely an unexpected scratch. In his stead, Riley Sheehan played on the top line. I don't know that there are many fantasy takeaways I I could really give about these injuries right now. No, I think, you know, obviously it means we're probably going to see a few starts in a row from Hutton. Uh, mm. and you know, that is, uh, uh, I would say maybe a dangerous proposition. Uh, he's playing fine tonight in his, uh, fill in role here. Um, but just, I think the way that the Sabres have been playing lately, um, you know, they've been getting bailed out a little bit on the back end. And I don't know if Hutton is going to be able to do that for them the same way Allmark did say against New Jersey earlier in the week. Uh, and certainly if Eichel is going to be out for any extended period of time, I would worry about the degree of run support that you're going to get and how much you're going to be able to control the puck. Um, you know, it has been nice to see the 
Sabres kind of get their legs under them coming out of that long break that they had and came back just kind of uh, very uh, slowly, but certainly seem to have found their stride and have been playing uh, pretty nicely lately. So this is uh, a bit of sand in the gears for that uh, Buffalo revival. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, it's I'm not overly excited about either of these players going out. I don't think it's a good thing. I'm just going to run through our last couple of injuries here. Jason Zucker out longer term, according to Coach Sullivan for the Penguins. Uh, a bummer for Zucker, who really hasn't put it together in his second year or his first full season in Pittsburgh. Um, in his stead, Zach Aston Reese appears to be online too. Uh, hasn't done anything tonight. Um, but, you know, maybe somebody to keep an eye on as he is getting exposure to the, you know, late period of Jenny Malkin, which maybe isn't as exciting as it would have been preseason. Um, and then in Toronto, Zach Hyman is back from an injury. He missed a game, I believe, just the one. And straight to top line in Toronto with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. I traded for Zach Hyman today in the Cupful, and I'm hopeful that he can keep that deployment and be very good. So I guess the only question with Hyman is, does he maintain that spot when Joe Thornton comes back, who is having so much success in that position? Uh, I would imagine that it might remain Hyman, but we'll see how things work out once uh, Joe Thornton makes his return. Great point. Lewis, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some cold streaks and some hot streaks. You're listening to Short Shifts. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Lewis. Let's get into the hot streak portion of the show. I am going to start by talking about a goaltender I streamed in in the Cupful a few nights ago. He got me a shutout against Detroit. Yes, I'm talking about Pecorine. And tonight he has two goals against. Not my favorite uh, news of the evening to report. I was kind of hoping he might be able to shut the door again. 19 of 21 so far. So hopefully he can uh, he can piece together a strong third period here. But uh, a bit of a bounce back season for Rene. I remember listening to the Keeping Carlson Smart Goalies Board episode, and I was annoyed that Brian put Pekka Rene in like tier four or whatever. I was like, no, Saros is net. Rene is a bottom tier goalie at this point. But uh, I mean, he's kind of proven the haters wrong so far into the year. Uh, five of the Preds' eight wins this season. He's got a 916 prior to tonight after posting an 895 last year. Last year, he had a 30% really bad start percentage, which is a stat they keep track of on Frozen Tools. Uh, this year, just one bad start in 11, uh, or one really bad start out of his first 11. Five quality starts in his last six. Lewis, Pekka Rene, did, you, did I make a good call streaming him in? Are you interested in him in a league where you need goalie starts? Yeah, well, you know, I'm someone who just lost Linus Allmark to injury, so, uh, you know... I think he's he's gotten through a section of the schedule that I think was especially appealing. So moving forward, I think you want to keep an eye on what some of those matchups look like because Nashville has not been especially strong uh, offensively over the last couple weeks. 
Um, so they certainly have problems of their own, but Rene at least has been providing them some stability and goal that they have not been able to get from Saros. Saros has only been seeing the occasional start here and there since a couple five and six goal against games where he just really seemed to be struggling to see the puck, uh, the way that we, you know, have seen him at times when he's been dialed in. Uh, and of course, you know, he's a smaller goalie, so he doesn't have as much just, um, you know, big, pads and equipment and long limbs to kind of bail him out when he's not uh when he's not playing up to his best you know fewer pucks are just going to bump into him the way we saw you know uh uh kudobin stop a puck with his butt the other day so you know i i am interested in in renee i was the last one to hold him before you picked him up and he played a couple crucial games for me uh in a previous match so i like the idea of streaming him in uh, what's nice about him is that if the thing, you know, starts to turn around on him and he's not playing as well, it's not too painful for you to stream him back out. But, um, yeah, I think he certainly provides some appealing starts right now, especially when he's playing against some of the dregs in that division. All right, Lewis, tell us our next hot streak here. All right. So up next is Carl Soderberg, uh, someone who is going to be available in an awful lot of leagues. And I would imagine is only appealing in your deeper leagues, your 12 or 14 or even six, you know, 16 team leagues for sure. He's playing line two with Kurashev and Yanmark right now, but he's on that top power play with Kane and Debrinket. just 2% rostered on Yahoo. I think he was picked up for the, you know, I think he's not showing up on cuckupful.com because he was only just picked up this morning by one team. Uh, he's not shooting much. His three goals over the last five games are on just seven shots. Um, but a couple of those have been on the power play and have been made pretty easy by nice work from Patrick Kane. Um, so he's on a nice streak. He's getting great deployment. He's available almost everywhere. Uh, so if you are looking to get in on some of that Chicago power play, this is an easy way to do so at very minimal cost. Uh, so we've got a player who has just been on fire lately in Ottawa up next. What do you say about our next guy, Ben? Yeah, well, this is actually, and I'm realizing that this list is full of players that I've either had in Cuckupful or have just dropped. Drake Batherson, another guy who I dropped, I guess, three or four games ago. And guess what? Nothing was the same since I dropped Drake in Cuckupful. He's gone sicko mode. Goals in four straight, seven points in his last six. He is up to just a 48-point pace on the year over 82 games. And he is on line three playing with Stutzla and Anisimov. He had been playing with Stepan before the injury. But he is back on power play one. And the main reason I was comfortable dropping him last weekend, I believe it was, was because he was playing line three. He's getting power play two minutes. You know, it's tough to want somebody who's not playing at all with Brady Kachuk in Ottawa. Um, but, you know, 48 points on the year, line three, but he's doing really well. He's on this hot streak and he's getting power play time and the power play is putting up some points. He isn't shooting at the same level as he was early in the year. He had a couple like five and four and uh, he had a seven shot game at one point. I think that was game two. Just a 2.3 shot per game pace over the full season at this point. So definitely I'm not as excited about Batherson as I was early in the year. But I think he he maintains streamer level appeal in all leagues as long as he's hot. Stream him while you have him, but just don't feel married to him if he goes cold again. Lewis, why don't you tell us about our next hot streak? So next up is a defenseman in Calgary who is playing a role in one of the subplots of my Cupful Tier 1 matchup with Elon. He dropped Rasmus Anderson, and I picked him up. And a while ago, I dropped Tristan Jari, and he is holding him. So we're going to try and find out uh, which one of us made the better fab spend and pick up in our battle against each other. 
So after only getting one goal in eight games, he's now got seven points in the last ten uh, for a little bit better of a streak here. He's still holding on to that top power play spot. Now the scoring has not been huge, and even the shooting has really struggled lately in Calgary, so hopefully they can make some changes. But obviously it's appealing to have a player who is on that top power play with all the talent they've got there. He's got a couple five-shot games in there too. He'll put up some hits and a, a block or two in there for you. Uh, so someone who may not be, you know, people may not have picked up on him just because the production is not so high. Um, but certainly in terms of deployment, it's looking pretty good. And, you know, even though the, the scoring has been a little bit spotty lately, you know, pretty decent from what you would want. If you can get seven out of every 10 from a defenseman, you're going to feel very happy about yourself. So I actually feel like I need to pour a little bit of cold water here on Rasmus Anderson. I really don't like that he only has one power play point since getting back up on that top unit. I don't really buy the even strength production. Calgary is really struggling to score. I don't think that he's going to get in on as many goals as he's been getting in on. I think he's running pretty lucky right now. So count me on the sell high on Anderson train. Right on. All right. Well, I hope that you're wrong, but I can certainly see where you're coming from. Uh, Why don't you tell us about a cold streak in Colorado? For sure. This is, uh, I'm going to talk about Andre Burakovsky, one of the most dropped players on Yahoo this week. I wish I wasn't saying this because I still have him. So obviously I should have dropped Burakovsky, held on to Batherson, zero points in his last five games, despite playing a couple of those games on the top line and power play with McKinnon and Rantanen. While Gabe Landeskog was out, Gabe Landeskog came back from the COVID list, stayed on line three, while uh, while Burakovsky was on line one, still getting power play one minutes, couldn't put up a point. So, you know, there are a lot of leagues where I am more than happy to stream out Andre Burakovsky. He's probably not long for my Cupful lineup unless he starts to pick it up here. Um, but, you know, no game tonight, so holding him for the off night tomorrow. Um Landeskog also has been cold since coming back from the COVID list. Zero points in the four games since. I'm not worried about Landeskog. I think, you know, obviously we've seen a few players need some time to adjust, but he also spent time on the third line. He's back on that top line now. Gabe Landeskog is going to be fine. Don't freak out. Burakovsky, don't feel like you need, don't be married to Andre Burakovsky. Lewis, why don't you tell us our final cold streak here? All right, so for our last one here, we've got another guy with prime deployment, but who just is not uh, producing right now, and that's Jordan Stahl in Carolina. I've been singing his praises and enjoying him so much uh, for the past few weeks, but he has no points in the last four games, and the game with Tampa Bay is winding up soon, and he has yet to point in that one either. He is creeping up undroppable in shallower leagues. Um, I certainly would drop him if I could pick up a guy like Bjorkstrand or if Richie is still hanging around for some reason. You know, he's still putting up a few shots here and there, but without that production where he was scoring, you know, at an obviously unsustainable pace on something like 30% of his shots, uh, he is certainly much more droppable. The one thing that is keeping me hanging on right now is he does have access to that uh, lethal top power play. Uh, And I think as long as he keeps that spot, I think it is worth holding on to him in a lot of leagues. But use your discretion, certainly. And if you've got some up-and-comers available, uh, you may want to stream him back out and just keep an eye on him and see if he goes on another heater. Okay, so we talked about Drake Batherson earlier. Would you rather have Batherson right now? I mean, if we're talking about riding the hot streaks, obviously Batherson has been uh, extremely effective in that regard. 
Um, you know, how long is Ottawa going to keep up their scoring like this? I don't know, but you know, I, I, it's tough because like I said, I love that top power play. I think a few more scoreless games of stall and I might make that swap. I'm actually more or less out on Jordan stall. As soon as he goes cold like this, it's like, you know, he's not going to point on the top power play enough to make him relevant here and and like the shooting 26 percent still on the season like he still has a lot of regression coming to the goal total i'm you got very lucky with jordan listen jordan stall i'm obviously bitter towards him because he was the difference in our battle of the buds three or four weeks ago you got 13 points out of jordan friggin stall on a sunday total fluke uh you can stream him out Okay, so you think I'm I'm clinging too much to those glory days? I I mean, in the cupful, that's a deeper league to me, and and I could see holding on to him. Presumably, he's probably not the lowest guy on your roster, but uh, yeah, I don't think I I think in most leagues you can probably start to let go of Jordan Stull. Yeah, I think my rash of injuries is going to keep him around for a while longer, but it may not uh, may not be there in a week or two. All right, Lewis, we have one more storyline I want to talk about tonight. That's Alex Tuck up on the top line in Vegas playing with Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone. He's bumped Max Pacioretty down to line two with Cody Glass and uh, Riley Smith was playing there in the last game. I guess I'm mostly just curious about Alex Tuck. He keeps scoring and he keeps not really shooting that much as well. Do you think Alex Tuck is somebody who can sustain a hot pace? Can he score 65 points in a season? Can he put up that pace if he's getting top line, top power play deployment like we, we've we seen recently? I don't know about 65. That might be a little rich for me, um, but maybe somewhere between 55 and 60, as long as he's keeping that deployment like you were talking about. I really like Tuck. I held him for quite a long time. He was kind of my Jordan Stahl for a while, where I just couldn't drop him because he kept being productive or because, you know, the line, I guess he was producing last year from from worse deployment. So that does make me kind of look at him as a, a very potential, a, a potentially appealing stream here. I don't know that we're going to see Pacioretty separated from Stone for all that long. Uh, so if you are thinking about making this move, I would make it sooner rather than later so that you can reap the benefits and then stream them back out once things sort of return to the status quo in Vegas. Yeah, I I actually really like Alex Tuck as a player, and I think that he can put up – I think he can sustain a high uh, – a really nice points pace if he continues to get nice deployment, which – I don't know that he keeps Pacioretty's spot all year, but I, I do think he can. I think he deserves to be in the top six. And uh, the only issue is that he's so inconsistent with shots. He'll put up four shots one game and zero the next, and it it all washes out to about two shots, maybe two and a half shots a game. And so that's kind of what keeps me from getting, you know, like you said, sixty five points is probably a touch high, but uh, it's probably a tuck high, in fact. But, uh, you know, 55 points to me seems very, very realistic. And and I think that we're not far away from Alex Tuck being a legitimate fantasy-relevant guy and somebody that you are going to want to have on your rosters uh, in a season long. All right, Lewis, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank everyone for listening, for myself, and uh, why don't you sign us off? 
All right. Well, thanks everyone so much for joining us for another episode of Short Shifts. Please check us out on the Twitter machine at Short Shifts KK. Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson. Uh, please check out and patronize the websites that we use to research our episodes Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Roto World, Natural Stat Trick, and Cacupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. 